Hey everybody, welcome to the You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me, I'm Father John. I'm the executive director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. And I'm here with Nick and Mary, but I'm not giving Nick and Mary a microphone. So you guys can wave to the... How are you guys doing, actually? You can hear you over here. I'm good. Good, but with the, uh, the reason for that, we have a very special guest, a dear brother, spiritual father to us, uh, and really one of the most uh, inspiring leaders that we see in the church right now, uh, Archbishop Alexander Sample from the Archdiocese of Portland. How are you, Archbishop? I'm doing fine, but I don't know how I'm going to live up to that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> yes, so that's right. <laughs> Oh, it's such a grace to be with you. We're here at the, uh, actually in Kansas City as we're recording this, at the, at the Amazing Parish Conference. And you brought, how many folks in from Portland? We brought, uh, I brought 20 priests, uh, actually representing 18 parishes, because two of them are parochial vicars and on the parish leadership teams. Uh, and, and then with lay folks from, I'm not, I'm not sure actually how many total people we have here, but. 60, uh, 70, yeah, something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And, there's, and there's about five, 600 people at the conference. Just been a tremendously anointed time just to see what God's doing here. Um, you kicked us off with a beautiful homily yesterday that was just real inspiring. We got these tremendously providential readings right now right, with no uh, Genesis and the call of Abram to yeah. leave the familiar behind. And, and we talk about that so often in our work, and I know you do in the Archdiocese of Portland. So we're just thrilled that you could join us for a conversation, especially, you know, we had Archbishop uh, Aquila from Denver on a few weeks ago, and we, we heard so much feedback afterwards just because, you know, you guys are in the news a lot. Really? I hadn't yeah. noticed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and I think so many so many times people... They don't know, so many people don't know bishops. They don't get a chance to hear your heart. They don't get a chance to hear what the Lord's doing in you. And it, it's just so encouraging and inspiring when the lay faithful and priests get to hear you and your passion for the gospel, your passion for the church, your concern about what's going on, um, and the reasons that you see for hope. So we're, we're just so honored and grateful to have you with us. Would you mind just leading us in a prayer? Yeah, sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you are the source of all goodness and of every blessing under the heavens. We give you praise and thanks this day for all of your wondrous gifts. Father, we thank you for the gift of life itself, which comes from your creative hand. But above all, Father, we give you praise and thanks for the gift of new life, which you have given us through the passion, death, and resurrection of your son, Jesus. Lord, we ask you to send out the Holy Spirit upon all of us, on those who are gathering to make this podcast today, but also, and most especially, uh, pour out your spirit on those, all those who will listen. Lord, we ask you to anoint their, their minds and their hearts and their ears so that they will hear a word from you through us that will inspire them, will encourage them, will give them fortitude, will help them grow each day in faith, hope, and love with great zeal and fervor for the Lord. So Father, as always, we just place this time in your hands, knowing that you will lead us and guide us according to your purpose. All these things we ask through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom. Pray for us. St. Joseph, the terror of demons. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Archbishop. Hey, I think that one took. That went so we, we did that earlier, and, uh, and yeah, somehow it didn't get recorded, so that's great. Got to love technology. So I told you I, I had three things I wanted to ask you, but I'm going to throw you a curveball because I want to oh, ask you I'm sure else. you would do that to me, wouldn't you? Well, so as you're praying, so you have been, I think this, one of the things that would be so helpful and inspiring and encouraging for people to hear, you talk so often. We, we've had a chance to, to be with you on a number of occasions and with the diocese, the archdiocese. 
about this journey that you've been on this last year into deeper surrender. And I think I'd love to have you just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, I, I, I see I've had for, uh, for years uh, as a bishop a lot on my mind and heart about where I wanted to see the church. Hmm. And when I say the church, I mean particularly my diocesan church. I know what I want it to look like. I know what I want to see happen, but I just haven't been able to 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 do it, and and realize that I am not, I'm kind of inept <laughs> at doing this on my own. And I won't go through all the details, but this this incredible novena, this surrender novena, just got pushed in my face <laughs> by the Lord three times before I, I caught on uh, that maybe I should pay attention to this. And it's, it's a beautiful devotion. It's a simple devotion, just about surrender to Jesus. Um, and, and the line that keeps getting repeated in the Naveen, of course, is, oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. And when I began praying that and surrendering really all of this to the Lord, the Lord just began to work in miraculous ways and there's just no other I, I know we use the word miraculous a lot we throw that word around but I I truly believe in miraculous ways the Lord started bringing people into my life that were gonna help me accomplish what the Lord had put on my heart for years mm -hmm. including you folks you know at Acts 29 you just you just sort of came out of nowhere mm -hmm. and and yet now you've become an integral part of my work and my mission in helping me accomplish what I'm trying to do. So I, I just find that the more I trust in the Holy Spirit to lead, and, you know, as, as, and I really felt as I've been praying, and I, I you know, a novena is a thing, something you pray for, you know, nine days. Well, I just keep praying this right. thing perpetual continually, perpetually. It's going to be a perpetual novena for the rest of my life. And, but what I notice is, and what came to me in prayer one day is, is, and I don't hear things, the Lord say things, so I'm not saying I heard voices, but what the Lord put on my heart was something like, finally, Sample, hmm. you've gotten out of my way. Hmm. You've set aside your own ideas, your own plans, your own uh, attempt at your, you know, whatever ingenuity you think you have and ability you think you have to, because there's a lot of pressure on a bishop <clears throat> to think that, you know, I've got this responsibility for this this whole diocesan church. I'm the guy that's supposed to make stuff happen here. Everybody looks to me and thinks I'm competent <laughs> to do this job, and that I'm supposed to know how to how to lead and how to make things happen. And really, I think if we're humble and honest enough, we don't know. Right. And so we have to trust this, entrust this to the Holy Spirit. And I just found that once I, I started doing that and I got that kind of confirmation that, yeah, okay, finally you've gotten out of my way and now I'm going to do this. So, so you're talking, I'm looking at Nick and Mary. We won't let have a microphone today because <laughs> um, there's not enough airspace. So I, I just know like anybody who's hearing this is going, oh my gosh, this is an archbishop talking. Like this is so encouraging because I think some people just they just they have this preconceived idea about you and your brothers and I'm just setting my ways and I'm going to do this and to hear you talk like this I just know is making guys go I want to move to Portland <laughs> like I, I think there's some challenges going on in Portland but and we know because because we've interacted enough right. with people in the archdiocese we hear over and over again from priests from lay people I don't know what's happening 
but God's doing something in the archbishop. And I remember we, you and the Archdiocese of Portland have been on our radar from, from when we first began. Mm-hmm. Like we, you shared that, we, yeah. we have had as a desire to be in Portland, but the way we work, we, we, we always wait for an invitation. And finally, we, it, you know, we had this phone call with you set a months ago back in December, and I can remember I'm prepping Nick and Mary and Deacon Steve <laughs> for you because I've known you at least from afar yeah, for yeah. a long time, right? So, you know, we, we, we try to walk into this meeting and we share a little bit about what we're doing. We're on a Zoom call back when we were all living on Zoom calls, and you push yourself away from the table in a most unexpected gesture and just went, can we just stop because my heart is burning right now and we all just looked at each other and went wow okay god's doing a mighty thing in portland and god's doing a mighty thing in you and so i'm just i'm I'm so grateful for who you are how you lead uh the homily you gave yesterday encouraged so many people here just like i've seen you do in the archdiocese of portland to be vulnerable to see a bishop get vulnerable and to even just say what you just said like i don't have it all figured out Who's got it all figured out right now? And to be able to acknowledge that and say, Lord, lead me, and I will trust that you will lead me. Oh, it is just well, so inspiring. You know, I, I think that for me, it's, it's, it's been, you know, and I was, I was having this conversation with Mary uh, the other day here at this conference. Um, there's something so freeing about that because... You know, I'm that type of personality that thinks, you know, as, as, as the planner is, you know, I got to have it all figured out and I've got to know where we're going to be six months from now, a year from now, the three year, five year, 10 year strategic plan. You know, that's just I'm that personality type. But um, there's something about giving this in surrender to the Lord and letting the Lord lead hmm. that is so freeing because, you know, it, it's like part of what has happened in me. And I, I would hope it would happen in, in some of these others that are gathered here, including and especially my own pastors, is, um, you know, this really doesn't depend on me right. in, in the ultimate sense. Of course, it depends on me to cooperate with God's grace as he gives it and to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. So it's, it's not like I'm uninvolved, but it doesn't depend on me alone to to make this happen this is Christ's work this is his church and um, you know I, I and, and, and and there's a joy I can't describe in prayer with me now to be able to give this to the Lord surrender this to the Lord and just know that you're gonna take care of it and you're gonna show me Amen. the next step I don't know what the next step is but I know you're going to show it to me, and 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 I'm and I'm and I'm ready to do that. And I, so I think there's there's just this this great peace that that's come over me uh, to 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 let the Lord be in charge. And you know I, I keep thinking to myself, and this is what brings me consolation when I look around at what's going on in the church today, worldwide, and certainly in the United States, and it can be very discouraging. But I keep telling myself. Jesus loves his church infinitely more than I do. Right. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, this is going to be fine. You know, I think I've heard you say it, Father John, you know, that, uh, you know, God isn't worried right. about what's going on it's in the church nervous. today. Jesus is not nervous right. about what's happening in the church, in the world, in the United States. And he loves the church. He loves the Archdiocese of Portland 
infinitely more than I do, and he cares about the right. Archdiocese of Portland infinitely more than I do. So if I put it in his hands, hey, whose better hands can and I he, be in? And he's Lord. And he's Lord. Which, which means no one else is. So that's we don't right. have to be anxious right now. That's yes, right. It, that's not to be naive. It's not to be optimistic. It's certainly not to be optimistic in Portland. <laughs> but it is to be confident and hopeful, right? Confident. Jesus confident. is Lord. So maybe one of the things I wanted to ask you is, um, what, what would be some of the signs of hope that you see right now in the church? I, I see, I, I, and maybe I'm... You know, I, I don't claim to be a, 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 a prophet or a seer of any kind, but I, I just sense that it isn't just in the Archdiocese of Portland, but it's, it's in many different circles within the church. I see God doing something new. Hmm. I, see, I see a renewal uh, coming, a reform coming, you might want to call it, a revival coming that the Lord has been preparing for for a long time and preparing people for a long time. And quite honestly, I think, uh, and this isn't to, you know, I didn't, I, I, I got no payment for this comment, but I think, you know, movements like Acts 29 and what you folks are doing, Amazing Parish, and even the, even the evolution in, in what, how mm-hmm. Amazing Parish has, 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 their work has evolved. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and I, you know, I interact with, with different bishops in different circles, if you will, of, of, of fraternity. And I see the Holy Spirit stirring among them. It's interesting, I'm, I'm part of a bishop's fraternity group. And we were sharing, uh, we had our fraternity meeting by Zoom, uh, just before the Friday morning um, meeting of the USCCB when we got the vote results. Uh, and we're just sharing, but three of us, independent, we hadn't talked to each other before, about all of this, but three of us, I think there are five of us, three of us shared this whole concept of surrender well, to the Holy Spirit. And I was you know, going through the surrender novena thing, this idea of just surrendering everything to Jesus. Another bishop was sharing about, he just decided that you know, it's, he, he doesn't know how to do this either and he's just got to surrender. One of the bishops, I loved his comment, one of the bishops said, it came to him as clear as day in prayer. And it's like the, the, the Lord spoke to him. It was the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said to him, listen, I don't work for you. I love that line. He said that in the homily. You work <laughs> for me. I love this line. And that, so, so I, what I, see, what I guess what I'm saying is, I see a lot of, of, of sparks mm-hmm. of renewal. And it, they might seem unrelated at first, but I see the connections. I see God weaving a web Mm. Uh, and and I see, I'm seeing this in my own archdiocese and with these, these priests that I brought here as a first cohort to experience this, that, you know, coming from the Acts retreat that we had with you and then building on that here and building this fraternity. And, and I, I, one of you uh, from, from the Acts 2019, I don't remember, it's, something tells me it was one of you two, Nick or Mary, said that uh, during the holy hour, during the Acts retreat, you saw like this web uh, mm. flow out from... from uh, the Eucharist there, uh, and our Lord on the altar, and creating this web among all of the priests gathered there in, in prayer before. Maybe it wasn't either two of you. Maybe it was. No, it sounds. I, I remember that. But anyway, some, somebody somebody said it, yep. and I said, "That's what I feel God is doing. Yeah. I feel God is in, in, in He's preparing." You know, I've had this sense my whole life. You know, and 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 uh, I, w- I almost died as a baby. 
uh, uh, from spinal meningitis, and I was spared. I was three days in a coma. <laughs> and my godmother said to my mother after I survived, God has a special plan for this child. That's why he spared him. And, you know, so I've kind of grew up with that, you know, story in my background. So I thought when I became a priest, that's it. Well, that's, that's, why it was, that's what I was created for. That's the special thing, you know. Well, and then I became a bishop. And I said, well, that must be it. You know, that must be it. Uh, and then I got moved to Portland to be the archbishop. And I said, well, surely that's got to be it. Uh, but I, I still have a sense it isn't about, you know, a, a, an order that I have received or mm. an assignment that I received. I just think that God has been preparing me as he is preparing many, including you folks and the folks at Amazing Parish mm. and folks uh, that are involved in other movements in the church. I think the work that uh, you know Dr. Bob Schuchs is doing at the John Paul II Healing Center is a part of this, and he's coming to Portland for our convocation in the fall. But I think God has sort of been preparing. I get the sense he's been preparing different people yeah. in different quarters of the church, so yeah. to speak. He's but networking. now, in this time, yeah, that's right. All of a sudden, he's just starting to pull us together, connect us. And, and, and begin to do what he's been preparing for some time. You're, you're ordained 30 years, right? 31, yeah. 31. So I was saying to one of the younger guys here too, just uh, thinking about what you just shared, just being here, seeing events like this. So, so many of us live in our own diocese. We may not see what's going on in other parts of the church and we can just get really frustrated and sober and angry and whatever. But you get a chance to travel around and you see what God's doing in different places. And it's so inspiring because 25 years ago, 31 years ago, I would have never seen something like this. A priest ask another priest for help? Like yeah. very rarely. Hmm. Um, I mean, we've had bishops come up to us and go, we'd love to talk to you about, uh, you know, how you might be able to help us. That would have never happened 25 years ago, right? Yeah. So the mere fact that I think we, there's an increasing awareness amongst those who serve in the church from bishops down of just what you said, we need to surrender and we need each other. Like yeah. we've never needed each other. So that's beautiful, that's, that, that's great. Can I, can I ask you this? Um, I know you just said you're not, you're not a prophet, but what do you think, what's your own sense in prayer of, what do you think the Spirit's trying to say to the church in our country right now? Um, I, I, I really think, I, and, and, I, and I'm not gonna, I, I'm not going to claim this as my own thought, but uh, a bi I heard a bishop recently say, uh, put it this way, and I have been really thinking about and reflecting upon it, and I think he's really got something here. I, I think one of the things the Holy Spirit is saying to the church in our day is that the time for living in the gray is over. We cannot live in the gray. And by that I mean this, this, this place of sort of ambiguity or maybe trying to straddle the fence a little bit in terms of culture versus our faith and our, and our life in Christ. Um, that that I, I, I get the sense of, of the church being moved towards sort of a decision point. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I, but this I don't mean... Because, you know, when I was in the seminary, quite honestly, you know, the, there was the, the worst thing you could ever be labeled was, we called it the R word, if you were considered rigid. Mm -hmm. You know, if you saw things in black and white, right. well, you know, you're just, you know, right. not pastoral and all of this kind of talk. But I think we've lived in this gray zone for so long that Christians, Catholics, are being moved to a decision point. 
Are we going to be disciples of Jesus Christ? Are we going to commit to him with our whole life, our whole heart, mind, soul, strength, and, and, and be his witnesses? Or are we going to capitulate mm. and, mm. and just surrender to the world mm. and, and, and blow where the winds may blow? Because I don't think, I think what's happening is um, we're not going to be able to live in the gray zone anymore mm. uh, because the world won't let us. Yeah. I don't think the culture is going to let us do that anymore. And you're I, actually ahead of us that way, aren't you, in Portland? I mean, oh, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, there's, it's pretty hard to be nominally Catholic in Portland, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, and, and Portland gets, a, of course, a bad rap because we've been in the news so much in the last year plus. But, you know, the, 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 there's, a, uh, there's a, a, a body of Catholics in the Archdiocese of Portland who are zealous and, mm. and on fire for their faith because they've been they've been sort of tested in the furnace yep you know and you, you, you got to make a decision so I think I think that's one thing I think the Holy Spirit is moving us to to a decision point mm. as, a, as a new you know and, and and the book that I'm sure you've referenced probably many times in your in your podcast and in all the materials that you do is next is of course that that idea of Christendom to apostolic mission I think you know, to, to be to have an aware awareness of that mm-hmm. that we're not in that comfortable time of of yeah. of, of uh, Christendom anymore. And I think one of the one of my favorite insights in the book uh, is you know when the author says that you know if the temptation in a time of Christendom when everything's going smooth and everything's hunky dory and we've got supportive culture and we've got our institutions, the the, the temptation is to lukewarmness. Yep just to kind of get along, coast along, it's all okay, kind of a mediocrity, not a very fervent Christianity. If, if that's the temptation in, a, in the age of Christendom, the temptation in an apostolic age is to, is to cowardice. Yeah, that's right. You know, will we have the fortitude? That's right. And I think, I think what the Holy Spirit is doing is preparing us um, for that decision point and, and, and infusing fortitude. I see it... I see it in the, among the faithful. I see it among my priests. I see it even, you know, among the bishops. Well, and I know we, because I just had a conversation with uh, some friends of mine the other day at lunch, and I just said, so I'm going to be with some bishops and, and whatnot soon. I said, what would you want to say to them? And they just hmm. said, we just want leadership. Like somebody speak clearly, you know, like charitably always, but lead, like give us clarity. And so you talk about, you know, this temptation to cowardice. And I know, because like, I have it when I'm with you, and I know Nick and Mary do, and I know I've seen the priests respond to you, and I've seen the lay faithful respond to you. When people know there's bishops like you who have courage, who are willing to lead, who are, you know, like leaving the familiar behind, speaking directly into matters that are going on, but doing so with the heart of Jesus, it, it punctures the discouragement, which is in so many people of, oh, the, the church is just going to hell. Yeah. Like, everything's falling apart. So, like, on behalf of all of our team and so many people in, in the Archdiocese of Portland and beyond, thank you for that. And and I don't know what's going to happen, but our sense, too, is I, I think real revival and renewal is going to flow from Portland. What you're doing is just extraordinary. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that on another time, but we, we've, we've alluded to it and... Uh, in, in other episodes, uh, just how encouraged we are to see what's happening there. Uh, and, and people are going to hear more about it. I know they are, um, mainly because they have a general, and that's you. Mm. Um, so thanks be to God for that. Let me ask you this. How can we get... So this could become as a news flash to you. People complain about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
well, I just read my mail. You know, I have to say, you know, my mother, my mother used to, she traveled with me, God rest her soul, a lot to a lot of events and that, you know, and she, of course everybody fawns all over her. She would be driving home. She's, oh, she says, everybody loves you. I said, mom, come and read my mail for about a week. <laughs> How'd you like, to, the one young priest today was talking about, he just got promoted to this big parish and his mom said, oh, honey, we're so proud of you. He says, Mom, I'm alive and there aren't many priests left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great line, right? Yeah, great humility. So I, I say that because uh, I'm always trying, we're always trying uh, to make sure that we, we steer people to prayer. So how can we pray for you and your brothers? How do you want people to pray for you? What I want... Um and it is very, on a very, really, on a very real level, on a very personal level, and I, I know this is going to sound pietistic, but I mean it. <clears throat> for me, personally, I need prayers for my ongoing conversion. Hmm. Um, I'm a sinner, uh, just like the rest of you. And I've got my own demons that I, that I struggle with and battle with. Um, I've got my own wounds. Um, that I've shared in various uh, fora. Um, so I, there's a lot of healing that needs to take place in me. Hmm. And uh, I desperately want that healing. In fact, there are times when my prayer and conversation with the Lord, I, I do sometimes just say, well, just heal me already. I see the wounds. I know them. Hmm. They're, you know, I love that line from the, the Psalm the, the, the Psalm 50, you know, that my sin is always before hmm. me. Uh, I know where my wounds are, and it's just like, Jesus, just heal me already, would you please? So, so for, personally for me, on a very personal level, just for my ongoing conversion and healing, so that I can be uh, the shepherd, because the, the evil one plays with us, and he, he plays with our insecurities and our wounds, and he knows what buttons to push in us, and I know he wants to stop what I'm trying to do. Um, so that that's it. But also pray for uh, for this... And again, I, 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 I know the, the buzzword today is unity. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I, I've come to kind of not like that word very much because it was thrown around a lot last week in the bishops' meeting, but it was interesting how it was being used right. and abused. Right. Um, but I really do. I want, it's, what's been on my heart since, ever since I've been a bishop is that we need, we need unity in mission and vision in the church. And I've said to the people in, in Western Oregon so many times, if we as the Catholic Church in Western Oregon could really get our act together and come together in a common sense of purpose and mission for the sake of Jesus and the gospel, we could absolutely transform the face of Western Oregon, this place that has such a reputation in the world. I, so going back to what you said, Father John, I think that, I think that God does want to do something of all places in Portland. Yeah. And and because I think it would what a what a what a surprise it would be that Portland becomes a place of renewal in the church that has an influence on other places. So I would pray that these priests that I've brought here, my other priests, the next cohort that I'll bring through this process, um, that the Lord strengthen us, unite us, create stronger bonds of fraternity and fellowship among us, and and, and a relationship with me as a spiritual father. Um, that, that he really bond us together 
as as you know I love that image the band of brothers yeah. you know the, the band of brothers you know yeah. I know you like your your military images and the, your film things. clips and everything but I that, that the idea of band of brothers that that we're in this together we have a common mission we know where we're going we know we have a leader I hope <laughs> and uh, yeah we have our differences yes we have our disagreements yes we make fun of each other sometimes mm. but but we're united. We're yeah. one in in, in, in in filled with Jesus Christ, and and that's the third thing I would pray for is that 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 you folks would pray that that myself first, but that also my priests would have a living and a real relationship with the Lord Jesus. They are ministering in His very person. They are called to minister in the in the person of Christ. But nemo dot quod non habit. You cannot give what you don't have. It, right. I want my men to be deeply in love with Jesus Christ, to have a personal relationship with him, to see him as Lord, master, brother, friend, uh, savior, um, and, and, and that their relationship with him is so real that it, it, it can't help but bear fruit in their, in, the, in their lives. So those three oh, things. Those are beautiful. Thanks so much for that. I, I'll ask you one last thing. What would you give some encouraging word right now to our listeners who are tuning in, something to give them hope right now in the midst of all the craziness and the chaos and the church and the country, whatever. Well, I, th I think, you know, um, what I keep going back, because I get discouraged too. You really? know, I mean, oh, yeah, I know that's, you know, you go, you go through a, a bishop's meeting like we just had last week and you realize, you know, even some of the deep divisions that are there, um, it is discouraging and it's like, can we not just agree on the most fundamental basic things? Uh, but we, we, so I know it's very discouraging, but I, I, the encouragement I would give is to assure the, the, the listeners um, from an insider's view, if you will, mm -hmm. and I, I realize that nobody takes the word of a bishop these days. <laughs> There's few who have less credibility than a bishop these days, but um, from an insider, there are real signs of hope there are real movements, um, even among the bishops, to to get more organized and and uh, united in in the right effort, but also just to trust uh, the promises that Jesus gave to us. Uh, you know, as I've said, uh, Jesus is the bridegroom. We, the church, are His bride. He loves the bride far much more than we do. He, uh, he loves the church, he loves us uh, much more. He's more. He has more interest, quite honestly, in his church <laughs> succeeding than we do. Yeah. And I trust that. And I, whatever difficult times we might go through, I mean, look, the church has gone through horrible times in the past. We always think when we're in the midst of it that this has got to be the worst time ever. Right. I think this is one of the worst times <laughs> ever. I will say that. I'm not sure if it's the worst, but Jesus is, is, is Lord. That's right. You know, you, I love that. I love that emphasis that you folks at Acts 29 place on that. Jesus is Lord. He, he is sovereign. He's conquered. The, the enemy's defeated. The battle, the war has been won. Right. We might be fighting out the final battles, but the, the war's already been won. And have confidence, trust Jesus, and trust that he will raise up in the church. Um, you know, whenever the church goes through difficult times in the past, the, the Lord has always raised up saints, mm. holiness. Uh, and that's what we need right now. We need saints. We need holiness. Uh, and I'm trusting. And I know that the Lord will do it, you know. 
they'll write history 500 years from now if Jesus hasn't come back in, in, in glory by then. And some, some days I pray he comes today, Tomorrow. please. Right. As long as I've gone to confession. That's right. Uh, um, but uh, but when, the, when church history is written 500 years from now, when we look back on this time, I guarantee you the church will talk about this saint, this priest, this layman, this laywoman, this lay leader, That's this right. bishop, who God raised up in this time to do something great and, and, and spark a renewal in his church. And, and we'll see, we'll see the fruit of that. We'll see the difficulty and the darkness of this time, yep. but we'll also see uh, the, the fruit of it. We may not, some of us live to see it, but as you often say, we were made for this time. Amen. This, Amen. Is, the, this is the time. Well, and I think when the church's uh, history is written, uh, you're going to be one of the ones they write about. I don't So I, I, I just know, I, I know people listening right now are just so edified and encouraged by hearing you and your and uh, and all that you're sharing. This, this is one of the reasons for hope right now is, you know, you talk about God raising up leaders and th great things happening amongst the bishops. You're one of them. This is... Uh, I, I just can't honor you enough. You're, you're one of the reasons that we have as much hope as we do. You're a tremendous shepherd. And yeah, you got your flaws, like I got mine, but, but God's using you and you're letting him use you. And, and we're just so grateful for that. And we're, we're really grateful for your time. It's a tremendous joy to serve you and to serve your, uh, your brother priests in the Archdiocese of Portland and the people of Western Oregon. We're looking forward to being back there. And uh, we're grateful for your time uh, with us right now. In the meantime, everybody, so listen to this man who has been called by Jesus for this time and who is stepping out and he's giving him permission to let him use him however he wants. And so it's the same with each and every one of you. Like all those people, those pages that Archbishop was sample talking about just a moment ago, that when the history is written, there's going to be names of people who are alive right now. That's you. That's me. That's not to be... Uh, arrogant, that's not to be aspiring to, to vanity. It's simply to say, Lord, I, I want to be a saint. Go ahead and use me however you want to use me. And somehow, despite me and all my imperfections, do great things in me for your glory, your honor, and so that you can accomplish your desire and get your children and your world back. So in the midst of this incredibly encouraging conf uh, conversation with one of our shepherds right now, do not be afraid. God is with you, and you were born for this.